nasty and the words were clean. I used to go clubbing with my, my non-Christian friends. And I used to get there and be dancing straight away because I didn't need alcohol for me to dance. <laughs> Hello. So I would get there and be dancing and they'd all be on the side waiting until they were drunk or a bit more tipsy. And I would just start dancing. I don't know how you guys stand still in church. I don't know how you can do it because when we, as soon as we start saying God is good or I just cannot stand still and I'm looking at some people and I'm thinking, how can you guys stand still? What are you waiting for? Because if you're waiting for God to make you drunk, it's not going to (laughs) happen. Worship is what comes from you. It's not what God gives you to give to him. Worship comes from you. So I love it when Alfred is here. Because Alfred doesn't need music, he doesn't need anything, he loves Jesus, and his body tells you that he loves Jesus. So if you need lessons, see Alfred. Okay, we're going to continue our topic, which uh, Pastor Joe started two weeks ago. So for those of you online or here today, if you have missed some of that teaching, then I would encourage you to go and listen to those, those uh, messages. So um, we've had two weeks of teaching on the gifts, and we're going to continue that teaching right now. Um, so I'm going to attempt to juggle. I was hoping to have the clip on mic, uh, but I haven't got the clip on mic, so I'm going to attempt to juggle holding the mic and wearing my glasses and looking in the Bible and looking at my notes at the same time, which I can do because I'm a woman, so it's, it's easy. So the topic that I've been given by Pastor Joe is how to give and receive prophetic words. Um, that would be really helpful, actually. Um, okay, I don't know if we can, if this stand will go on. It won't fit, okay. But I don't know, that's not going to be high enough. Okay. Uh, Okay, so we're basing this on 1 Corinthians 12. Have we got, can we get the scriptures up? That would be great. So 1 Corinthians 12. Um, yeah, that's probably fine. So can you all hear me? Yeah, okay. So let's have a look at 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to look at this because we're going to read it because I want us to set it in context. Now, there's something really special about the prophetic gifts, and that is that it's one of those gifts, the same as all the gifts in the Bible, they are given to us by God, and we're given those gifts, they're part of, of what God gives us, and he doesn't take those gifts away. So when God gives us gifts, he doesn't take gifts away. So as Pastor Joe said the other week, that sometimes you will see people whose lives outside of giving words their lives are a bit crazy or a bit uh, manic. Or you hear of those pastors who are, or people who are doing all sorts of crazy things and yet they have this gift of giving. And that's because the gift is there, it's been given to them by God. So it's really, really important. One of the key things about the prophetic gifts, as well as all the gifts, is that it's grounded in the word. Everything we should do is grounded in God's word. And it's also grounded in, which is something that that Pastor Joe said last week, was about, about love. And we sang that song earlier today. That actually, everything that we do in the house of God is based on love. Everything. And actually, I had prepared what I was going to share, and then Pastor Joe said, I want you to speak on this, continue. I was like, okay, then I won't share what I was going to share. What I was going to share was about the house. And when you go home, there is a way that you behave in your house, isn't there? You, 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 especially when your mum is present, if you go to your mum's house, there's a way that you behave in the house. The structure that God has given us is that this house is a safe house. 
There is a way that we behave in this house. Everything that we should be doing, we should be doing in this house first so that we can then operate out there. Church, this is so important. Don't think that there are some things that we do here that we don't do outside or actually when we look at the gifts, that should all be happening in this house all of the time so that when you go out in the streets, it's happening. And I'll give you an example. I was in Morrison's a little while ago and uh, I, was, I, was, I was just about to get to the queue and uh, the Lord said to me, uh, so I just had this sense that there was a word for the woman who was working on the till. So I looked to her and I thought, this is, there's a queue of people and she's working on the till. This is not the time, Lord. Like, I'm telling God this is not the time. Seriously dangerous. Anyway, so I paid for my shopping and I left the store. And of course, I leave the store and all the time I have this sense of, oh, I've been disobedient and that woman might die tonight. And that's all going through my head. And and what was happening, I was doing a project in that particular area, so I happened to be going there every week. So the next week I go there, and I'm saying to the Lord, Lord, if she's there, you know, put your fleece out, then I will, um, you know, I'll do it, blah, blah, blah. And uh, so I go there, and I see her, and I'm thinking, yeah, but, you know, maybe not today, da, da, da. So that happened for a few weeks. And actually, she was on the same till every... I went at the same time every day. She was on the same till. So then what I did was, this particular time I was going, feeling really convicted about not being obedient before the Lord. And I said, I, and I said okay, Lord, if she's at that till, um, you know, then, then I, will, I will give her the word because that will be an absolute sign that, that I'm supposed to do it. And so um, she wasn't at that till. Oh, okay, Lord, that's, that's it then. So I go to another till. So I'm, I'm, getting, I'm in the queue. The queue is long. And I get to the till. And who is, who is serving at the till? That lady. So I just look at her and I say, Hi. Nice. You don't know me. But uh, I just have a sense that I need to share something with you. And there's everybody in the queue waiting. And so I just tell her what I felt uh, was on my heart to share with her. And of course, she's in shock. And she says, I know it. And of course, I don't know what, what, what on earth I'm, you know, what, what it is. So I just give it to her. And she says, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. That is for me. So what I'm saying to you, church, is here is the place that we practice, that we do it, that we are obedient, so that we are able to use the gifts out in the street. Do you know that when you are struggling and when times are hard, the place you want to be is at home. That's where you're safe, isn't it? There are things that you do at home that if you shared those things outside, you know, people don't know the way you, what you look like in the morning and all that stuff. When you're at home, it's really, really safe. Church... This is your home. This is your home. And so these gifts should be used in our home. So let's have a look at what they say in 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to read it really quickly because um, we're going to do more activation today as we did last week. So let's have a look at 1 Corinthians 12. Have we not got... No? It is working. It isn't working. Can someone just nod at me or shake to let me know either way? Okay, so 1 Corinthians 12. So I just want to say something else. Put your, wave your hand if you've done the Bible school. Azria, that's amazing that at four years old you could do the Bible school. I'm impressed. Okay, so who's done the Bible school? 
few people. I'd encourage you to do Bible school because you learn some great things there. But one of the things about this passage that I really want us to know as, as well is that the chapters and verses have been put in for our benefit. The original text is just one scroll of text. Those little, those little headings are for our benefit to help us to understand what the theme is. So this is important because this 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the gifts. Straight after that, it talks about love. So actually, what we do is out of love. So when some uh, man comes to you, a woman comes to you and says, the Lord is telling you that you should marry me. I have a word from the Lord that you must lay down your life for me and give your life to me and marry me. You can easily go to the words and say, does it match up with what the word of God says? Because if it's not matching up with what the word of God says, if you don't have a witness in your spirit that is right, then you just say to them, thank you very much for what you said. As soon as I hear that same word, I'll come back to you. Leave your number on the side. <laughs> if they're really good looking, you might want to take their number and just hold on to it. Okay, so now about spiritual gifts, uh, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be ignorant. Very interesting. That word ignorant means without knowledge and understanding. So that means that God says he wants us to use the gifts, but he doesn't want us to use them in ignorance. That means that we ha need to have knowledge. That means that, guys, when we get saved, it's not something that we have to work up to. It's immediate, but he wants us to do it out of knowledge. So when someone stands at the front and says, I have a word from the Lord that each one of you should empty your purses and your wallets and put everything in the offering. God has spoken to me that you're going to get blessed times 10. And when you leave here, your knowledge says to you, I, something isn't right. If you want some of those crazy, quirky uh, messages, you can ask um, Austin, who seems to get loads of those. I don't know where he gets some of them freaky things from that he sees pastors saying and doing. I don't know. But anyway, so as a church, we are required to have knowledge. What we do is out of knowledge. It's not out of ignorance. You know that when you were pagan, somehow or other, you were inf influenced and led astray uh, to make idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. So this is, this is what it's saying. It's saying to us that it's all the same spirit. If somebody has a particular gifting in a particular area, it's all the same spirit. It's not, it's not that you have a spirit of this and a spirit of... It's not. It's not that one pastor is telling you you should give everything in your purse and the next pastor gets up and says, put everything back. Because it's the same spirit, so it's not possible. It has to be in line with God. It's the same spirit. And it goes on to talk about the spirit, the, the different things. So we are, just as we have five senses, we use our five senses to help us. You use your sense of smell to know if something's burning. You use your sense of taste. We use our senses to help us understand things, don't we? That's what we have senses for. And when somebody loses one of their senses, whether it's their sight or whatever it is, actually what happens often is, is their other senses are heightened to support them. That is the same as you as a person of God. When you give your life to Christ, you have a supernatural spiritual sense. So when you're going to do something that you shouldn't do, you don't get a flash of lightning and an appearance of a burning bush saying to you, do not do that. You get a sense that it's wrong. Either in your head 
or you get a feeling that I really shouldn't do that. It's not okay. I'm not sure if it was Pastor Joe or somebody was saying that. No, it wasn't Pastor Joe. It might have been. They were, they were on a train about to meet a girl. I'm sure it wasn't Pastor Joe because he wouldn't have done this. But on a train to meet a girl and they were thinking about what they were going to do next, as some guys do. And uh, they were, as, as a Christian, I don't think it was Pastor Joe. Anyway, it was Pastor Joe. Um, <laughs> I better say, I just want to declare now that this wasn't Pastor Joe. And, uh, and, uh, uh, and, they were on the, and they were on the train and they were saying, I mean, what kind of question is this? Lord, should I do it or not? You're not married, so I'm sorry, what's the question? I don't see the relevance of the question. And they had their Bible, and they said, Lord, give me a verse to show me whether... And I don't, and the verse they read something about cutting something off, so... They just rung the girl back straight away and said, We're not, I'm not even going to meet you because I'm not even going to put myself in that situation. Doesn't that make sense? So we have a sense whether something is right or not. So just as you naturally have senses, we have spiritual senses. So guys, when we come to use the prophetic, when we come to use the gifts of God, we are not going to get a flash of lightning. You are not going to get a burning bush. There will be a sense that this is what I need to do. I have a sense that I need to give you this word. I have a sense that I should pray for this. I have, you have a sense. And, and God uses your personality and he uses who you are. But it's a spiritual sense. And we're going to talk about how we feed that spiritual sense. God says that he has equipped us and empowered us so that we are not ignorant to serve the church. God wants us to serve one another. I don't know about your attitude when you come to church. But I heard someone say, when they were leaving church, they said to somebody, they turned to someone and said, you know, uh, it was good, it was okay at church today, but yet worship didn't do anything for me today. And the person looked at them and said, really? Was the worship for you then? What is it that you come to church for? What is your attitude when we come to church? Is that attitude, Lord, what do you want me to give? Or, Lord, what are you going to do for me today? The Bible says that the gifts are given to the church for the church. So when you give a word to somebody else, it's not for you. Oh, I'm so gifted. I'm so anointed and holy. Actually, the gift that you have is for somebody else. So do you know, I can tell you all the prophetic words I give. I very, very rarely remember what they are. And I very, very rarely remember who I've given them to. Some people come to me and say, you know, you gave me that word about, did I? Who are you? That's really what I want to say, but I never say that as, as you know. I go, yeah, that's right. Praise God that it happened. Because it's not for me. It's irrelevant. How I feel is irrelevant because it's not for me. When God gives you something to give to somebody, it's for that person. You are building somebody up. And do you know what happens when you build somebody up? When your parent is telling you when you're a baby, you're really gorgeous. and you're, You know, I see some newborn babies and I think, they're not gorgeous. They're just not. And I'm not good at lying, so I kind of find other things to say. How was the birth? You know, stuff like that. I love that outfit. So, but there's something that happens in your, when you're parented. 
and some of you have had really bad experiences in your parenting. Or you can think of a teacher that spoke into your life really good things that let you believe that you were good at that. My mum was really good at speaking things into my life and telling me things, even when later on I realised that she was just saying that. She didn't mean it at all. But because actually it meant then when I left my mum's house and I was in the street, I could behave a certain way because actually there was something in me that said, yeah, I can do this. That's what the house of God is. Church, when you speak into somebody else's life, something that God has given you for them, a sense that you have of God saying to them, you prepare them, you build them, you strengthen them from what is out there. So, the word of God is tangible. The Bible says, heaven on earth. Can you imagine? God sent Jesus to the earth. That was heaven on earth. When when you give a word to somebody, when there's a word from the Lord, that is heaven being opened, being declared on earth. You can't get more tangible than that. The word of God is powerful. So, we need to be in a place where we are intimate with God. Gifts are not to profit you, they are to profit others. You are just the delivery boy. Actually, God calls us to be a channel. He calls us to be a house. And if you're going to be a channel in a house, if you are in a bit of a mess and messed up and not praying and not worshipping God and not seeking him, then actually that channel isn't going to be a great channel to use, is it? So actually a priority is, is that actually we are intimate with God. God's very, very clever because he says, listen, these gifts are for you, but we need to be intimate with God. Actually, that was quite clever because he was saying, I want to have a relationship with you anyway. So this is a good way to make sure that you stay close to me. God wants us to be intimate with him. He wants us to have a, and the amount of times when I have, I remember sitting in church once and feeling like, I don't even want to be here, Lord. I've come, I'm sitting there. I just want to be at home. I'm in a real mess and God, I, I, this is not okay. God, I, things are not okay. It was really, really bad. And Pastor Joe came around and he said to me, Angela, I want you to go out the front and blah, blah, whatever it was. And I was saying, did you hear what I just said to you, Lord? I just said to you that I am in a mess and da, 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 da. You know what? That even when you're in a mess, God wants to use you if you are intimate with the Lord. Because we go through ups and downs, but that doesn't change our intimacy and relationship with the Lord. So it's not about you. So as we heard from Pastor Joe, the gifts are divided into three, which we won't go into. But Ananias, in the story of Acts chapter 9, verse 10 to 18, if you could put that up, that'd be great. So Acts chapter 9, verse 10 to 18, talks about Ananias. And if you remember the story of Ananias, we won't read it. But Ananias, as we know, Saul uh, was a really horrible man. He was killing the Christians. That was his mission. He actually got a special certificate from each uh, area to have permission to go into that area and kill the Christians. That was the authority he had and he would kill the Christians and he was knocked off his horse and he got saved gave his life to God and and ended up being blind and was waiting and Ananias everybody knew who Saul was they all knew his name and God spoke to Ananias and said to Ananias I want you to go to Saul and I want you to pray, pray for him 
So Saul used uh, the prophetic, but he also used words of knowledge and wisdom. He used a prophetic utterance, and there was an element of faith, and healing took place because Saul um, couldn't see. So often when we use the prophetic gifts, there are often other gifts that get used at the same time. Ananias, that is, Ananias took a risk, because actually, as far as he knew, Saul was a man who killed Christians. So Saul was about, Ananias was about to go and put himself in a position of risk. When you use the prophetic, you take a risk. It's not a safe, cozy place. When you use the prophetic, you take a risk. And that's okay. Because actually God has given us the authority and the ability and we're doing it in a place of love. So there is an element of risk. We don't have often have a risk of dying but it might feel like that. So let's just go through our key responsibilities and some of the things we need to be aware of. So in that process of Ananias, the word was spoken, he activated his faith, and the Holy Spirit came and did miraculous things. My responsibility is to learn. We grow our gifts by learning. You are in an environment, church, where we can learn, we can practice, we can use this prophetic gift so that we're able to encourage one another. The Bible says that we are called to build one another up. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 31, in verse 31, it says, um, do not interrupt, but eagerly desire the greater gifts. So look at somebody and said, how much are you desiring the gifts? Now say it like you mean it. How much you desire in the good. It says to be passionate. You know, some of us are passionate about lots of different things, but this says to be passionate about the gifts, eagerly desire. So we should be saying, Lord, I want to use the prophetic. I wake up in the morning, Lord, give me an opportunity to speak to someone. Let me use the prophetic. That's what we should be doing every day. God, I want to heal someone today. How many of you wake up and say, Lord, when I leave my house, I'm going to pray for someone to be healed? Anybody do that? That's what it says here, to passionately, passionately, God, I'm going to use this. I'm going to ring up my Christian friend. I'm going to give them this word. We want to be passionate. That's what it says. It says to stir up the gifts. So it's not passive. So we don't wait. Lord, I'm just waiting on you. If you would like to use me to, this, to use this gift, then just give me the opportunity. That's not going to happen. It says that we are eager. So we are saying to God, I'm a child of God. Heaven needs to be here on earth. My church needs transforming. My community needs... So, Lord, what do you want me to do? Let me see. What can I, where can, who can I use it on? Let me find someone to use it on. Imagine having that attitude. As a child of God, you have something. Imagine having the cure for cancer and saying, if anybody happens to knock on my door, I will give them the cure. That's what we're saying. That's not, that's not how we operate. We are saying we have the cure. We're not waiting for people to knock. We are going to go and do some knocking. Thirdly, it says, 1 Thessalonians 5.19, it says, do not quench what God is doing. So God tells us that when we hear, when we, when we feel we have something, when we, someone gives us something, don't quench it, but we should test it. So we don't just go, oh, okay, you're a man of God, you're a woman of God, so it must be right. The Bible says that we need to test it. And then it also says in 1 Timothy 4, 
Don't neglect it. Don't waste it. So as we know the parable of the tents, when God, gi- God has given us these gifts, what are we doing with it? Have you buried it and said, well, I'll use it occasionally, maybe sometimes when I'm feeling really, really good and high and holy? That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says use it. And when we use it, it will grow. Don't waste it. That's what the Bible says. We don't want our gifts to become dormant. So I have to keep using my glasses. Okay, so practical keys to activating the spirit. Your personal devotion, I've said this already. How much do you feed your spirit? How much time do you spend with God? How much do you say to the Lord, Lord, I want to be strong, I want to be holy, I want to I know your words, get into the word of God. Use your gift of tongues. The gift of tongues energizes your spirit. Use your tongues to fluently speak, speak out the word of God, sing songs. When we worship, it energizes us. The Bible, as we said in that verse, it says stir up. So we stir up the spirit. We sing, we worship, we use our speaking in tongues to stir up the spirit. It says that in Acts 2.4, as you pray in tongues, the spirit of God is moving through you. So we know that when we worship, when we speak in tongues, that actually the spirit moves through us. We need to have an expectation of faith. John 10 verse 27 says, My sheep hear my voice and know them, and they follow me. So the more we are in touch with God, the more we are able to hear God's voice and know his voice. You can't go to, which we're going to talk on a bit more, about what we don't want to use the gifts for. We have an expectation that draws the Holy Spirit. We want to see God transform lives, change lives, build one another up because the prophetic gifts has brought transformation. We come to church, we wake up every day, our relationship with God is one that is based on faith. Not based on mysticism, not based on trial and error, it's based on faith. And as we step into the gifts that God has given us, our faith is increased. So prophecy is, it's never about the will of man. It's about God. It's about bringing the presence of God into a situation. It gives us insight. So people like Pastor Anon and others may have a particular gift in the prophetic where they might speak into the future, but generally everyday use would be that we're prophesying specifically into a, a situation that is current. I'm just going to very quickly, before we um, are going to use these, just talk about what we don't want to use them for. So uh, let me just say this. So the purpose of the prophetic is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. We are building one another up. We are encouraging. We are exalting. We are strengthening. And we are comforting. So I just want to say that we don't give words to people that say, I just, I have a word from the Lord that um, he's telling me that your skirts are too short and that they're inappropriate for church. That is not lifting somebody up. We don't give words that say, and this is very difficult sometimes, 
Um, I believe that your dead grandmother is going to be raised to, to, from the dead, etc. Now, you might have a sense that somebody is going to be healed or not going to be healed. But when we're thinking about the prophetic gifts, we need to be very sensitive. What is the Holy Spirit saying about how he wants us to use that gift? Because actually, if what you've said doesn't come to pass, that can be very damaging. So you need to be careful about how we use the gifts. So just be aware, when you give a prophetic word or when you receive a prophetic word, does it edify, does it exhort, or does it comfort? It should do one of those three things. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14 that it's not the order of confusion. So actually the prophetic gift brings peace. It doesn't bring confusion. It shouldn't leave someone going, uh, really? I, I, I don't know. Now sometimes we don't fully understand what that is. So somebody might give us a word and we don't understand it. We say, okay, I'm not completely sure what that is about, but I'm going to take it away. I'm going to pray about it and, and ask God what it is. And God might reveal even more what it is. Because sometimes we don't want to hear it. We don't want to receive it. And we, we get that from the Lord. As a Christian, as, P, as guidelines, we need to judge the word of God. We have a witness in our spirit. Is it in line with God's character? So is that in line with what the word of God says? And does it bring life? When we speak prophetically, we bring life. Just a few things that we're not doing. We are not doing Christian fortune telling. We don't have people come to us. I have this. Can you tell me if I should take this job? Can you tell me if I should marry this person? Can you tell me? It's not Christian fortune telling. That's not what we're doing. The Bible is very, very clear that you are responsible for your Christian walk. You do not lean on your own understanding. We ask people to pray into things. So we say to people, can you pray with me about this? Can you stand with me? I don't know about this. Can you stand with me and pray into this? So we can pray alongside somebody else, but we're not doing Christian fortune telling. Uh, my non-Christian friends say to me, Angela, you know, why don't you pray and ask God for the lottery numbers? Because, you know, that whole seeing into the... That's not what it's for. I tried and it didn't know. I didn't. We don't use the prophetic to scold people. So as I said, we're not using it to scold someone. If you need to tell somebody something, then just go and tell them. But don't say, God told me. Just tell them straight. This is what I think. We don't use the prophetic to, to speak over businesses. As I said, we don't say, I have a word from the Lord that this is such and such. That's not what the prophetic is for. Remember, it's for edification, exhortation, and comfort. I just want to give you another example. So I was at Regent's Hall, which is in Oxford Street. Uh, there was about 550 people there. And uh, so we were there, and it was a kind of a, a, a general meeting. There were some youth as well. And the Lord, so the, as you can imagine, 550 people, I don't know if you've been to the, to the Regent Salvation Hall, but it's a very big building. And the Lord said, I want you to go over to someone over at the side. There's a young boy over there. I want you to just give a word to him. And I was with a group of people, and I thought, well, I can't even see over there. I don't even know who you're talking about, but also I'm with this group, and we just want to go at the end. And anyway, so I, I, being obedient, as I always am, at the end, uh, I just walked over to the area, and... Um, and the Lord, I had one word, just one word, that was all. So I went over to this crowd of young people. They were all really excited and hugging each other. And they were young and, you know, they were all really having a good time. And so I just kind of broke through the crowd of these young people. And I just said to this young boy, um, I just have a sense that uh, I need to say something to you. And you don't know me, uh, as usual. And, um, but this is what I sense. And you need to just check it out with God. And I just have this one word. 
Anyway, so I just said, actually, what I do, this, and we're going to do this in a moment. So sometimes what I do when I'm not sure is that I just say, let's pray together, because then I think, you know, I can, that will help. <laughs> so we just started praying, and then I just said the one word. And anyway, with that one word, they all just burst into tears and started crying. He started crying, and I was thinking, I don't know why you're crying, but okay, let's just let's go. So I just said that, and then I, you know, I left, which is always great when you don't know who, because you can just leave. Um, <laughs> I really like it when God does it like that. Uh, anyway, so they later came to me and they said that he's tried to commit suicide a number of times. And that actually, that, that, what basically that would have transformed that situation because actually he didn't want to live. That was it. He, he was done and it was over. And they knew about that. And so that one word had transformed that whole situation. So what I'm saying to you, church, is what we're going to do is we are going to have an opportunity to, um, uh, to practice like we did last week, is that the one word that you get, don't think, this doesn't make any sense to me, it doesn't mean anything to me, because remember, it's not about you. So when you give that one word to somebody, or when you have that one word, just pray into it, and God will, God will give, you, give the rest. It's an element of faith, and it also takes risk. We're going to take risks. So we're going to do that. So I just want to uh, uh, encourage us that as we step out, that we need to be careful about the language we use. So I just want to encourage you that um, we're saying that, that we, we have a sense that we want to say something. We try not to use the language saying God said, because if you say God said, and they want to say to you, well, I don't get that, then who's wrong? So we don't say God said, but we're, we, we feel inspired. We feel that we have a thought from the Lord, that it's come from the Lord. So we're going to practice that right now. So... I'm going to uh, ask someone to come out. Who, who is here for the first time? Somebody who's here for the first time. Can one of the people who's here for the first time just come forward for me? And the rest of us, what I want us to think about... Come, yeah, great, come up then. Okay, so... Um, okay. So, church, what, what, what we felt was is that really we, wanna, we want to really activate this in, our, in us as a church. We want to be operating in, in these gifts, don't we? Just look at someone and say, you have the prophetic. Say it to them. Okay, so it's not a special gift. It's something that we have all the time. So I was saying to the Lord, you know, Pastor Joe did this last week, so I don't need to do it again this week because, you know, I don't want to look stupid when it goes wrong. And he made it look so awesome and amazing that, anyway, but you know, God always wins. So um, anyway, so what we're going to do is uh, out, we're going to do some activation and we're going to pray and we're going to ask the Lord to give us one word. Or you might get a sentence. So just ask the Lord for one word or a sentence for that particular person. Okay. So I'm going to do that now. What's your name? And as we said, we, we, um, we want to use, uh, we want to thank God for his Holy Spirit. We thank God that actually he has invested in us. He has given us all the tools that we need. So we just call on his name. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Thank you that you are a glorious God. 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You are a mighty God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. I just bless you for Caleb's life, Lord. Kiara Bush, the Kurish and the Kitiak, Satako Kurish and the Okay, so Caleb, the word I have is the word strength. And, uh, and, and so the sense that I get is that, um, is that you've been fairly consistent, a bit up and down sometimes in your relationship with God, but a bit consistent. And, and, uh, and what I sense is that the Lord is saying to you that, that you need to um, strengthen your relationship with him and step out in faith and that you haven't really stepped out in faith as much as you can. So I'm just going to pray into that. Father, I just want to thank you for Caleb. I thank you for his life. And I thank you, Jesus, that Lord, he is a blessing to you. And Father, I just just pray into this word strength. And I pray that he would strengthen his relationship with you. I pray that he would strengthen his relationship with you. That Lord, all the things that you have planned for his present and future, that he would step into them in faith. There are things that Lord, you want him to do. Places that you want him to go. Things that you want him to say. And Father, he hasn't done them yet, Lord. Because Father, those areas of weakness. So Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus right now that you would strengthen him, Lord, beyond Father, his imagination and understanding. Lord, would you strengthen him that Father, he would grow, Lord, in the gifts that you have, Lord, invested in this man's life, that he may be, Lord, an ambassador for Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Do you want to give any? I'm a loss of words. You're okay. Yeah, I'm okay. Okay, just wait here for a minute. Okay, so what we're going to do now is we're going to get into pairs, and I'm going to ask you to just pray with somebody. Just ask the Lord for one word or for a sentence, and just just begin to speak in tongues. Just begin to pray. Thank God for His presence. Thank God that He wants to bless that person. He wants to encourage that person. So get into pairs. Try and get with somebody that you don't know so well. And I want you to just pray for them. And when you get a word or a sentence, pray that word or sentence, okay? Don't add to it. Don't, don't make it any, just pray with them and just pray the word you get. So just get into pairs. Please go and find somebody you don't know. Thank you. All right, thank you, Caleb. I really feel that for you. I yeah. really felt that for you. That I don't know if that's true, yeah. if your relationship with God has been up and down or whether yeah. you've been a really strong Christian yeah. in your life. Yeah, it has been up and down. It has been. Going okay. away and then coming back. And yeah. Okay. It has been, it has okay. Been, definitely. Been. Okay. So have you done that a lot? In I and am, out, in and I out, and in and out. Okay. So God is saying to you very clearly, yeah. strengthen your relationship right yeah. now and move forward. Amen. Don't go back. You need to strengthen your relationship. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Because you are here right now. The Lord has a future for you and a plan for you. But you need to strengthen your relationship in Him. And the yeah. things that have been pulling you mm. back things that have, that have kind of caused you to step back, you need to say, once you're, yeah, because the thing is, you can't let those things go if you're not strong in the Lord. So you need to be strong in the Lord, mm. so those things become irrelevant. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Yes, okay. 
all right? Amen. I'm going to pray for you again in a minute. Amen. So, yeah, all right. Amen. If you're online um, and, and you're on your own, maybe you could just uh, pray and ask the Lord for a word that you could phone somebody up with so you can phone them and give that word to them. Okay, has everyone had a chance to share? If you can um, sit down once you've shared and you've received as well. Uh, if you can sit down just so we can clearly see when people are ready. Okay, thank you everybody. Okay, so what we've just done is, is, the is an inspired word. So you have a word or a sentence that as you pray, um, it's an inspired word that you give. And, and I often will do that. So I have nothing, uh, the, often the Lord doesn't tell me in advance what it is. I just have a sense that I need to pray for somebody, nearly always. And it's not until I start praying that the Lord reveals a word or a sentence. And as we're praying for that person, the word comes through the word. So it's an inspired word, which is very powerful. Um, and we're, we're giving an inspired word as the Lord leads. Okay, so um, we're going to move on a bit more. And we're going to do activation number two, which is going to be an inspired thought. So what we're going to do this time is, is that as you pray for somebody, um, you're going to ask the Lord for uh, a... A story from the Bible or a scenario in the Bible or a person from the Bible. So ask the Lord to give you something like that and then ask the Lord um, how that relates to that person. So I prayed for somebody last week and it was about the fire. Is she here? She's not here. Okay. So last week I was, when we got into pairs, I was praying for somebody and all I could see was the, and all I, the word I had was the word fire and Meshach, Shabrach and Abednego. So of course, that, it didn't mean anything to me. So I just said to them, this is what I've got. And I just prayed into it and just said, this is what I've got. Meshach, Shabbat, and Abednego, and the word fire. And they just started laughing. And they said, they were talking earlier to their friends and saying that their favorite bit in the Bible is something about some verse. That's why I wanted them to be here. They're not here. Some verse about fire and how God keeps bringing them back to this particular verse about fire. So they said they knew exactly that that was for them. So what I'm saying is, is that when you get uh, the picture or the verse in the Bible or the story in the Bible, then don't, again, don't think this doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand it because it's not for you. The thing about, the, the thing about God is that his desire is that, he, that he's made known to man, isn't it? So when Jesus came, it was so that human beings would know who God is. Church, I, can't, I don't know how to express this enough to say to you that when God says something, gives you a word, 
when, when, you, when there's an inspired prayer or a prophetic word, it's God revealing himself to that person. Um, I was speaking at a women's conference. It was in a very, very nice area. And they were very, very nice ladies, all dressed very nicely with lots of money. And uh, I was speaking at this women's conference. And at the end, God's, uh, I, I had a real sense to pray for somebody. And the, wor- the one word I had was the word um, verbal abuse. So I was thinking, that's great. And, and I felt the Lord say, this word is for a woman. So I'm saying to God, well, I don't know if you've noticed, but they're all women here. So a few more clues might be really helpful. I didn't get anything else. So at the end, I just said, we've had lots of opportunities. It's been great to be with you all. Um, but there's a specific word that I have for somebody. So um, if, you do, if anybody here wants prayer, you know that, that you, know, you feel that's for you. Then just I didn't say the word. I just said, just come for prayer and I'll pray and, uh, you know, etc. So I'm just putting my papers away and getting ready. And then I turn around and there's this whole line of women who want prayer. And I'm saying... No, Lord, what I meant was that that one lady, whoever that was for, would come. Like, look at the time. Are you serious? God, I can't pray. Anyway, so uh, they get this chair and we sit down. So I had to pray with every single woman. It was exhausting. And every woman that came, I was saying, okay, this is the woman. And Lord said, no, this is not the woman. And, you know, I was going for it. And, I, and it was seriously exhausting. It, I was exhausted. I'd already spoken. And now I'm having to pray for all these women. And it was so exhausting. And it got to the last woman. And I was saying, she, this woman must have left then, Lord, which is fine because you're the, you're the author. It's, we're your people, so you're going to sort her out another way. And got to this last woman and she sat down. She looked lovely, an uh, older lady. Um, and, uh, and just as I went to pray, I knew the word was for her. And then I thought, how do I say this word to her? She looks like her life is really good. <laughs> so I said to her, verbal abuse. And she just burst into tears. And she said, my husband has verbally abused me for years and nobody knows, not one person. And she said, I have lived with this for years and no one knows, but God knows, doesn't he? So what I'm saying to you, church, is that one word that you have, that one prayer that you pray can transform a situation. God's absolute desire is that he builds his church, is that he transforms communities, and the prophetic is an opportunity for God to do that. So church, don't let your fear be the the reason why you don't do something, because you know what? If you get it wrong, you get it wrong. So when I prayed for Caleb, and afterwards I said, do you want to share Caleb? And he said, no. You sure you don't want to share, Caleb? No. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe that wasn't right. And we just had a lovely chat, and it was really interesting hearing what you said. And it was for him, and, and God is on, is on his case. Caleb, God's on your case. Um, you know what? It's not about us. It's about God. So sometimes you may get it wrong. But you know what? We're trusting God. We're believing God that he wants his kingdom here on earth. And you know what? He isn't sending anybody else. He's sending you. His kingdom will come 
He is using you and he wants to use the prophetic to do it. So now we're going to do an inspired thought. So I'd like you to get into pairs. Try not to be with the person that you know well. Not looking at anybody. So you've only got a couple of minutes. I'd like you to go to somebody else who you don't know well. Um, uh, Caleb, if you can come, please. So go to somebody else, and you're going to ask the Lord for a Bible verse or a story or a person in the Bible, and just ask the Lord, what, how is this relevant for this person? How, Lord, do you... And then just pray into it. Okay, let's pray. You've only got a couple of minutes. Okay, let me finish. Okay, all right. Thank you, everybody. Were you encouraged? Blessed? Yes? Good. So, church, I know that some of us, I received an awesome word. Whew. Thank you for my word. Uh, let's, so, we're going to, we are going to, Live out the prophetic that God has given to us because it's from the Lord. We're going to live it out in church and outside church. Church, let's really take hold of what God has for us because it's for him, him. And we are really, really excited because uh, let's just stand and give thanks to God before we go and have our baptisms. We're excited because people are going to get baptized. Let's just lift our hands before the Lord. And um, so if you want to move in the prophetic more, if you haven't given your life to Christ and you want to give your life to Christ, so I'm going to pray a prayer first. So if you're not a Christian and you are here, I'm going to pray a prayer first for salvation. And then I'm going to pray for those of us who want to receive more of the prophetic. So we'll just, uh, we'll, we'll do, I'll make time for us to do it. So let me just pray. So if you, if you want to give your life to Christ, if you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to give your life to Christ, just say this prayer after me. Father God, I know that Jesus died on the cross for me and that he rose again and that my sins have been forgiven because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Right now, I give my life to you. I turn away from the old and I turn towards you, God, for a new life in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've prayed that prayer, please come and see me. And now I'm just going to pray for us in the area of the prophetic. Father, I just want to pray for us in the area of the prophetic. As we look at the gifts, we thank you that you've given us all of the gifts. And Lord, we just want to pray specifically over the prophetic. Give us boldness. Lord, help us to be those risk takers that move out in the spirit of God. Help us, Father, to build your church and to make an impact in our community. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Can we just give her a round of applause? I think it's...